Hi, Rob Shank here. Welcome to Shank Talks Bunhofer, a podcast sponsored by the Dietrich Bunhofer Institute in Washington, D.C. If you want to find out more about us, check us out at tdbi.org. That's tdbi.org, stands for the Dietrich Bunhofer Institute. You'll find links there to all of our social media platforms where you can comment on this podcast, as well as find a lot of other resources on Dietrich Bunhofer. And uh, today, I'm actually talking to you from New York City, where I'm being hosted by Union Theological Seminary, Bunhofer's home when he lived here in the United States. And I'm going to apologize right out of the gate, both for the echo in the room, because I am in the official Bunhofer room at Union Theological Seminary, where Bunhofer both studied and lectured. And uh, sorry, but it's not a studio. It's a lovely paneled lecture hall, accommodates about 30 to 40 people. And, uh, you know, it's one of that classic uh, university architecture you would see at Oxford or Cambridge, uh, but it is not sound insulated. So you are also going to hear the sounds of New York outside the lovely uh, leaded windows. Uh, there are two sets of leaded bay windows that are a full two stories high. And I'm afraid they're pretty uh, porous, so you're going to hear the sounds of New York City, whether revving engines or, uh, you know, giggling passersby. You're going to hear horns and sirens, all the sounds that Bunhofer himself was surrounded by when he lived here. Most people don't think of Dietrich Bunhofer in the United States. They think of him in his native Germany. Uh, or in other parts of Europe, uh, but uh, most people don't associate him here with the United States, but he was a postdoctoral student here at Union. We're talking about uh, 1930 to 31. He would later return here uh, and lecture. And of course, it was here where he made momentous decisions. Uh, one of which would lead him back to Germany and ultimately to martyrdom. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But what I want to reflect on while we're here, I'm kind of taking a little bit of a break from our discussion of Bunhofer's theology in terms of its content and shift to his experience, which was theologically formative uh, for him. In fact, you can see at the core of Bonhoeffer's theology some of what he discovered while he was here uh, as a postdoctoral fellow here at Union, in fact, in this very lecture hall you, that you can hear. Uh, and uh, while he lived in a dorm just above my head, and came and went on various ministry assignments while he was uh, doing his work here. Among them, uh, his visits to Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem. And uh, I want to dwell a little bit on that. Uh, but first, let me just talk about his general experience here. While he was here, 
Bonhoeffer generated quite a bit of correspondence about his experience in the United States. You can find that in volume 10 of the Bonhoeffer works, and you'll see that as one of our uh, recommended readings. Uh, on our website, if you go to Recommended Reading, you'll find a list of books there. Of course, there's the whole 17-volume series in the Bunhofer Works project. And volume 10, which is entitled Barcelona, Berlin, New York, because Bunhofer was in all of those places during that span of time, uh, 1928 to 1931, uh, which is the period that that volume covers in his life and work. And in there, you'll find letters that he wrote while he was here at Union Theological Seminary, in which he was quite critical of the Christianity that he encountered here in the United States, uh, specifically liberal Christianity. Of course, during that period, uh, Union Theological Seminary's universe of faculty, visiting lecturers, churches, church institutions, denominations, and so forth were dominated by liberal theology, specifically, uh, more specifically, uh, social gospel. Uh, in fact, the social gospel movement was more or less headquartered right here in New York. And that was his experience. And he was quite critical of what he saw as American Christianity of that period, or at least the dominant form. And he, he referred to being aware of fundamentalism, uh, or what we would think of as uh, conservative evangelicalism, but only in tangential references. His main experience was with liberal Christianity. And he could be quite scathing uh, in his criticism, in one case referring to the fact that what one was least likely to hear in the pulpits of American churches was the gospel of Jesus Christ. You would hear all kinds of other things, but not the gospel itself. And he offered that uh, criticism in a constructive way, I think. And it's really worth investigating that, and we'll look more at it, not in this podcast, but in future podcasts. But it was an, a, another very positive encounter with Christianity that he had in Harlem, in the black church, that made a very important impact on him and was formational, transformational for him. And he writes about that, too. You'll find that in the same uh, volume, by the way. Uh, did I give you the title of the volume? Barcelona, uh, Berlin, New York. And uh, that's volume 10 in the works. And you'll read about his reflections on his experience at the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem, one of the leading what would have then been called Negro churches of that day. Adam Clayton Powell was the preacher, and Bonhoeffer was impressed not only with the passion of Powell's preaching, not only with the content of the preaching, uh, but with the hermeneutic. And if you're not familiar with that term, uh, people say hermeneutic, hermeneutic? Uh, hermeneutic refers to interpretation or interpretive devices. So we all approach the biblical text with 
a certain lens, if you will, a set of experiences, presuppositions, uh, our understanding, uh, background. And for the black church, it was their experience of being oppressed and marginalized. And they brought that experience to their understanding of scripture and of the gospel and of Jesus. And Bonhoeffer picked up on that and it formed and shaped his theological framework and structure. And so we're going to talk about that uh, in the days ahead, I'm hoping, for a conversation with Dr. Reggie Williams, who authored a book, Bonhoeffer's Black Jesus, Harlem Renaissance Theology and an Ethic of Resistance. Dr. Williams explores in depth uh, as a theologian, uh, as a Bible scholar, as a Bonhoeffer historian, uh, he explores uh, how this encounter uh, with the black church and with scripture through the lens of the black church and the black experience in America, how that uh, helped form both uh, Bonhoeffer's theology as well as his concept of mission. In looking at that aspect of Bonhoeffer's experience here in New York and in Harlem um, more particularly, it was because of this encounter with the church, which, by the way, uh, he did some Sunday school teaching at Abyssinian Baptist. If you can imagine this blonde haired, blue eyed, very Caucasian man uh, in a Harlem church teaching Sunday school, that's really quite a remarkable thing in itself and talks about, you know, really speaks to Bonhoeffer's expansiveness that he could. Uh, you know, not only is he teaching in English, his second language, maybe third language, uh, but uh, also uh, as this uh, white European German man teaching uh, students in a black church in Harlem in the 1930s. Uh, that's just remarkable when you think about that and the implications of it. And they were enormous. In fact, I would argue that it's as a result of Bonhoeffer's experience directly with oppressed peoples here in the United States uh, that ultimately led him uh, to his decision to return to Germany, to actually leave the safety and security of the United States and return to Germany at war. Uh, with this uh, diabolical regime, Nazism and Adolf Hitler well in place, the church being persecuted, and of course many ethnic and minority groups, uh, chief among them Jews, but many others who were suffering all forms of oppression and eventually uh, murderous, mass murderous persecution. But the reason that Bonhoeffer made his decision to return to Germany and suffer with his people was because of his experience of the suffering of African-Americans, uh, what he would have called Negroes of that period here in the United States. And so that was uh, consummately formational for him. And it was during a visit uh, I made to Abyssinian Baptist Church 
uh, and talking with the current pastor there, uh, that I, he and I reflected on this decision that Bonhoeffer made later on uh, during a second visit to the United States uh, where he thought he would actually uh, become more or less a permanent resident or at least until after the war. But in struggling with that reality and realizing how much his own people were suffering back home and seeing how the black church and the Jesus they knew uh, drew close to the suffering, he, he felt he had to do the same, go back to Germany and draw close to those who were suffering. Otherwise, he said he would have no right to help them rebuild their lives, their civilization, the church and the testimony of the gospel if he didn't return to Germany. And he made that decision here. And the way I read it, largely as a result of his experience in Harlem, and from the way I read the history, it may very well have been in the sanctuary of Abyssinian Baptist Church that he had grown to love so much and that he was getting so much from spiritually, morally, ethically. Uh, ecclesiastically, all of that, not to mention that he fell in love with black gospel music and would take it back to Germany. He may, uh, there was uh, one writer uh, who said he may have been the first person to introduce black gospel music in Germany, uh, you know, for that period. And uh, it was in that church where he heard that music, heard that passionate preaching, saw Jesus as the man for others and particularly for the oppressed and the marginalized, the forgotten, uh, the persecuted, that he made his decision to go back to Germany. And while I'm still convinced he didn't expect uh, martyrdom until only hours before he was murdered, uh, he was certainly preparing himself for it. He was ready to suffer whatever was required of him uh, in drawing close to and ministering to his own people during that terrible period, and but with the hope that he would take that experience and help rebuild his nation and the testimony of the gospel in Germany as a result. But that all happened at least at the decision point here in New York, partly in the space that I'm occupying right now, the Bonhoeffer Room at Union Theological Seminary, no doubt on his knees, praying in his dorm room, just uh, a short way from where I'm located here, uh, above the tall ceiling. There's probably a 20-foot ceiling above me. And uh, it would have been somewhere up in the rafters there where his dorm was located, and he was certainly on his knees praying and as much listening to God as talking to God. And then uh, just up the road in Harlem, uh, in the Sunday school class, in the sanctuary of Abyssinian Baptist Church, which still stands in Harlem today. You can go and visit Abyssinian Baptist Church, and I encourage you to do so. And while you're there, maybe schedule a visit here to the Bonhoeffer Room. You'll see photos of this space. 
at our website and at my blog, RevRobShank.com. We'll put up a gallery, including just behind me is one of those tall, leaded bay windows looking out into the courtyard at uh, Union Theological Seminary. And if you can imagine Oxford, Cambridge, you know, with the stone arched buildings and walk, uh, you know, uh, walkways and so forth. There's that kind of typical English garden, uh, uh, you know, area, a a, a sort of yard uh, area. And uh, there's a photo of Bonhoeffer uh, in that uh, location, and I'll post that as well. So you can see his life in pictures here in New York. Very important place uh, for Bonhoeffer personally in terms of his own personal, private, spiritual formation. Uh, It was very important for him socially. He developed very important friendships, one of which, uh, well, uh, more than one of which would have been lifelong and had a great impact on him. And I'll uh, blog about that and talk about it when we get again to the uh, core elements of his theology. But he made friends here. Uh, He took uh, at least faculty correspondents, if not uh, mentors of a sort while he was here. Uh, He saw things in the church that he didn't like, and that helped him to understand the need to address those matters in the church. That happened here. So uh, ecclesiastically, intellectually, socially, and spiritually, uh, this was an enormously consequential place for Bonhoeffer, both in time uh, and in place. And uh, it's a real pleasure for me to sit here looking over at a bust of my dear Dietrich in this room, he's just a few paces from me. You'll see, uh, you'll see me with uh, palling around with him, uh, the man I call my best uh, dead friend, and uh, really, in so many ways, posthumous mentor and role model, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So we'll call it quits uh, for now, and I'll be back to you. We'll resume our investigation of Bonhoeffer's theology and invite your comments on that. In the meantime, continue to visit with us at tdbi.org, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and our other uh, platforms. And uh, always uh, send me your thoughts, your comments, your criticisms, your questions. We'll do the best, uh, I'll do the best I can uh, responding to those. For now, thanks for being with me, and I'll see you again uh, the next time we post at Shank Talks Bonhoeffer. <laughs>